Hey guys, scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes and check out some of the sponsors that we have for this episode. Uh, if you're looking for an all-in-one cloud-based dental software, go with Carestech. They're giving you guys an exclusive offer and you can check that out in the show notes below. Or if you need a fully digital US-based dental lab, then go with Dandy. They sponsor this episode too and they're giving you guys a free three-shape trio scanner and $250 in lab credit. Or if you are looking for phone services, right? Maybe you're looking for phones, a phone system, or a VoIP service, then Mango Voice is giving startups completely free services. Or if you're an up and running practice already looking to switch phone providers, then they're giving you up to three months of free service completely free. So you can go in the show notes below and check that out. All you gotta do is just scroll all the way to the very bottom of the show notes and check out the deals that they got going on just for you. And guys, that's a fantastic way to support the podcast is by checking out the sponsors, scheduling a free demo, or if you like what you see with them, then you can sign up to their services. Just use the links in the show notes below, or if you want, just mention the Dental Marketer podcast uh, when you're talking to them and they'll give you the exclusive deal. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Shelly Renee. I call it getting your dental house in order. Almost like Marie Kondo going through only keeping the precious gems and I'm referring to systems. To me, getting your dental house in order is getting rid of these broken systems, getting rid of the patches that you've added because it wasn't working. And the result is lighter load, you know, um, definitely the relief. I mean, studies show like the less tasks you have on your plate, the more your mood elevates. Mm -hmm. We need that in our offices. We need to quit adding on to the plate. Let's start replacing, subtracting. She's a wonderful guest and extremely knowledgeable. She's a practice management coach, and we first talk about her past, her present, how she got to where she is today. She's been in the dental field for quite some time and has worked with some of the best coaches in the world. So she tells us what she has learned from those coaches and how she implemented their teachings into her practice. We also discuss two major things. One is systemic team coaching versus the old way. And the second thing is subtracting and then putting in the right systems. And I like that idea, subtracting, um, because it helps us to hyper-focus on what really matters, right? A lot of the times we tend to throw more at a problem, hoping that fixes it. But a lot of the times what we need to do is just subtract, right, to see the raw material in the practice. And so we discuss that. And something she mentions that I love is uh, you can't read your label from inside the jar. So you need an outside perspective, right? And that's what she gives us in this episode. We also discussed how there's some outdated systems that she still sees practice owners using today that really, they don't provide any value anymore. So she lets us know what those systems are. She mentions what we need to stop doing, like just immediately stop. And I'm just going to mention three things, but she mentions much more. And that's, we need to stop doing AR, stop charging for no-shows, and stop pre-booking. And so she dives much deeper into this and why we need to stop doing these things and how to recover from it and create systems. Uh, we also discuss how to do confirmation calls 
and we dive deeper into schedule records and so much more. So guys, without further delay, here is Shelly Renee. Shelly, how's it going? It's going excellent, Michael. Totally great. That's good. If you don't mind me asking, where are you located right now? So I'm in a little town called Kinderhook in upstate New York, not far from Albany. Okay, wow. You've been there all your life or? Oh my goodness, quite the opposite. Uh (laughs) I grew up in the deep, deep woods of northern Maine, mostly bear and moose. (laughs) Yeah. The part of Maine where people rarely go. Around fall time, would you say that's the part where it's like the most beautiful or or no? Absolutely. Fall, summer, I mean, the lakes, the mountains, the one mountain, I should say, Katahdin. <laughs> but it's the place to be for sure. Nice. Awesome. So, Shelly, tell us a little about your past, your present. How did you get to where you are today? Ah, uh, interesting story. <laughs> I'm the oldest of seven kids, so say no more about learning team dynamics. <laughs> right there, I lived it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, organizational systems, man, my mom was the best at being organized. Like nobody's business. You had to be if you had seven kids. I started to go to school for computer programming back in the day. RPGA and COBOL. Numbers, right? Lots of numbers. Well, in between classes, I babysat for a dentist. And it just so happens that he had the best of the best consultants from back in the day. We're talking back in the mid to late 80s. And he was really tough on his team, real tough. And they'd leave. So he's shorthanded a lot of times. And so he'd call me and say, Shelly, where are you? Can you come in here? And he'd hand me these cassettes. And he's like, can you listen to these back and forth on your way to class? Because I need to close some treatment cases today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'd be listening to all the verbal skills and getting ready. And little by little, I just got sucked into the practice and I never went back to programming. So you kind of like left school. Yep. I don't know what it was. I got hooked on the people and the process. The whole, all the pieces fitting together were fascinating. Wow. And so you worked there from that point on at the practice. Yeah, so well, I continued out my years at school, and but more and more I was being pulled into the office, you know, whatever days I didn't have classes, and pretty soon I was there. That was it. I was just there. <laughs> I actually never left the industry since I was 17. And so when did it start happening, I guess like the transitioning period where you are now? Well, fast forward a few years, I end up marrying a dentist moving to New York. So from the deep woods of Maine to life in New York, married to a dentist. So opposite ends from an employee in the woods to working with my hubby as, you know, his practice. I had automatically my own learning lab. (laughs) Here we go. How do we work this? Different story when you're in it and working it from the other end as a different from an employee, completely different feeling. So I was able to work with my hubby. We grew our practice, doubled, tripled. We instituted new processes, new systems, and we really grew it. And it was our pride and joy, totally our pride and joy. And I was able to study something and then take it back to the office, put it into application and learn, learn how does the team react to this. And from there, I just continued reaching out to the best coaches 
not just this country, but in the world. And um, spent a lot of time learning, even from European coaches, especially, especially interested in the idea of systemic team coaching. Mm, okay. So rewind a little bit. When you were working with your husband in the practice, was it already when you got in there, oh, everything's running pretty smooth. Okay, let's just see what we can do. Or was it more like, oh, why? how have you been running? Exactly. It was eyes opened like, what is going on here? What in the world? But um, have you ever heard that saying, you can't read your label from inside the jar? <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty interesting. People are sitting in their practice and they're doing what they've always done. I call it hand-me-down knowledge. This is the coach from the 80s or the office manager from the 90s, taught the one from the 20s. No one has stopped to re-examine what in the world are we doing? <laughs> Why are we doing this? And they're just carrying these used up, dated systems on and on and on. And so there was a lot of that happening in my husband's practice that we needed to reevaluate what the keepers were and what systems no longer served for sure. What about today? Like, what are you seeing? What are some used, updated systems that you still see today in some practices where you're like, oh my gosh, you guys need to stop doing that? Oh, I have a list. Lists. <laughs> uh, I could read you a list here of about 15 or 20. Now, before everybody jumps up and down, these are things to stop doing. Because what I typically see is people adding workarounds. Here's the thing. If you're sending statements, you have a problem. So a lot of people don't realize something is going on with your estimations that the people are getting or something's happening with the check-in and check-out process. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Lauren Numeroff books, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. It's just a circular, it just piles up. So if a patient has walked through the building, they don't have um, an estimate for the next portion, no one's spoken to them, it's going to end up with statements. If you're in that cycle of statements, you are going to have AR. If you have AR, then you end up hiring more people to help you collect your AR. See what I'm saying? It's a vicious cycle when there was something broken with the first system. I want you to stop statements. I want you to stop having AR, literally stop. It would be a rare thing. Other things I'd want you to stop, stop charging for no-shows. That's adding more work to the team's plate. You're causing problems with team and four people jump up and down. <laughs> There's a system that is causing this that can be remedied. Stop trying to reactivate some patients. Stop pre-booking schedule records. Stop sending pre-Ds. There's a better way to have these conversations. So sometimes we are not sharp on our system and we let these things be the fallback. Would you say it's kind of like there's water seeping through the cracks and you're just kind of like put it in another bucket or something like that and put it in another bucket? Absolutely. So all kinds of time leaks, money leaks. You know, if we're a little nervous, a little unsure of ourselves to close a treatment presentation, it's all too easy for the team to say, oh, well, we'll just send a pre in. Honestly, all we're doing is adding more work to the team. 
now the team is doing busy, unnecessary work. We need to refocus them back onto the schedule, onto the patient contact portion. Even something like scanning EOBs into everyone's folder. A big, big, big time waster. There are better ways to do this. I want to lighten the load of our team so that they can focus on practice building, not on busy work. Fascinating. There's one office, Michael, that he asked me to come in and this owner had a large practice, probably 10 operatories, right? Mm -hmm. He had quite a few members of the team. Only one or two were patient facing. The rest were all working behind the scenes in the back of the practice on eligibility, on insurance kickback, on AR, on collections, you name it. There was a whole team working back there. My guys, 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 if we put you up front and we're actually having conversations with the patient, getting it right the first time on the check-in and check-out, this all goes away. We don't need all these other people with all these other systems. So then how do we do that? Like, let's actually try right now. Like, let's just say somebody who they're listening and they're like, okay, well, we charge for no-shows, existing patients, right? Now new patients. We want to pre-book because too many people, new patients are just, yeah, you know what I mean? I'll be there and then they, they're they not or anything like that. They just want to pre-book. And then AR, which I see like as something, I mean, can you just stop it today? And then tomorrow, then what, you know? Like, how does this, how does this work? Okay, so there are several steps mm-hmm. to get there, okay? Here's the thing, Michael, the mindset has been that you always have statements. This book I've been reading by Lady Klotz on Subtract, He's showing how we just accept things as they are instead of questioning why is this happening. They give the example of the Strider bike. Mm. How cool is that? These little ones, someone designed bike with no pedals. So kids are riding faster, younger. They're gaining the ability to ride a bike two, three years earlier than back in the old days when you had pedals and then you had to go through the training wheel stage. Yeah. So here we are today. How can we apply that in the dental practice? Say AR, for instance. Listen, there are so many tools we have right now. So on the check-in, if we handle this correctly, we will know what form of payment they're using today before they get treatment. We can hold their credit card on file, not in the software, definitely not in the software. And then if our estimate is off slightly, it's okay. We have their card on file. I'm only telling you a fraction. Michael, there's a lot of steps mm-hmm. that I can go into, but it has to do with the exit, with what's presented on the treatment, with the agreed upon amount. So that when the patient arrives, it's all handled before they go back. Um, after insurance pays, you hit the credit card on file. You're done. So it's like a game with the teams I work with, how many cards on file versus the statements. The statements go away. So if the statements go away, so does the AR. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get like patients who are, don't want to do that? Like they're like, no, I don't want to give you the credit card. Yes. And that's okay. So we do short menu, either or. We can take an estimate today or better yet, we can hold the card on file for the actual amount after insurance pays. Two choices. Either way, the owner wins. 
Yeah. The second one where the, the credit card's on file, that's how credit, that's how the credit card companies work. You know what I mean? Like it's like delayed gratification where you're like, hey, you don't have to pay something right now. You don't have to pay now. We're not guessing the estimate. You know, it's the actual, what you actually owe. First six months when you go through the first cycle of patients as they're getting used to it, they might be, hmm, I'm not sure. Let's see. Quite a few are okay with it. So maybe 50%, 60%, sure. A few percent after the next trip or two, they're fine. And you realize that your car's on auto pay, your mortgage is on auto pay. I go to order something online these days and that somehow they already have my credit card on file at these some of these companies. You notice that? Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's become more of the norm. But that's just one example of subtracting, lightening the load. Some coaches are teaching, you know, 40 some systems. Yeah. I'm saying if you need that many systems, that we're doing something wrong. You're not going to need collection systems. You're not going to need frequencies of sending statements. You can. Remove yourself from this process, just like the little Strider bikes. You don't have to go through training wheel stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think they say like to obtain knowledge, you want to add things every day, but to obtain wisdom, you want to subtract things every day. And so talk to me more about that. I walk into a practice, you're the practice owner. How do you know what to start subtracting? Just stuff that gives you headaches or? This is where it's helpful to have outside eyes. Because when you're in it, it's hard to see. Right now, I'm working with a practice and I walk in and I'm just observing. And phones are ringing. They can't get to all the calls. It's so busy. There's a few openings that they can't get to. And they're rushing to print these routing slips. And they're rushing to put routing slips in folders. And they're rushing to put the routing slips over here because the clinical team is waiting for the routing slip for the next patient. So I'm watching this and I'm saying, is this what they want? Or wouldn't they rather have this person answering the phone first and filling the schedule first? And is there a better way than being worried about printing the routing slips, putting the routing slips in a certain filing order for the team? Is there a better way? And we always find it together as a team. We find a way to eliminate that and we replace it with something that's already existing in their software. Yeah, okay, okay. And now, okay, so now we've let go of something, we can do something else better, which could be pinboarding where the treatment's already there. If we stick with the routing slip, what happens is paper comes back and the team member scribbled what was done today. Now, instead of our business team discussing treatment and finances and figuring the estimates, now our front desk team is busy typing and entering information into the computer. By that time, you have an impatient patient. They're running outside. They're done. So we need to look at the busy, busy that's happening. And how can we smooth that out? How can we streamline that? That's interesting. How do you work with that and work with maybe a team member who's like, no, Shelly, I have to get this white out that I'm doing has to be done on this paper right now. I have to organize this right now. The doctor likes like the, you know what I mean? The busy work, not the productive work, but they feel like I need to do this. How do you deal with the team member like that? So it starts with their mindset. So I say, talk to me. 
talk to me. Why are you hanging on to doing these priests? Is it about the pre? What are you afraid is going to happen if you don't send out a pre? Well, then they'll start on this whole thing. Well, the patient won't know how much or it might be rejected or, or, or. And then we deal with those fears. So is it really so the patient doesn't understand the full fee? Is it so that whether or not the insurance talks about what they're going to pay, this patient still needs this? So if we go back to what we are here for, and if I can help the team member realize our purpose and who we serve, and it's not dependent on a piece of paper getting sent, we even talk about let's follow this piece of paper. You're going to make all these attachments. You're going to send it. The insurance company's going to say they didn't get it. And you're going to redo that work. And you're going to send it. And then you're going to get a denial. Now you're going to come back. And you're going to write some appeals. You're going to send it all again. Meanwhile, a couple months have gone by. Meanwhile, this patient's not getting healthier. So if we reason with the team, we can help them take baby steps. So maybe baby steps is, okay, You'll only send a pre, maybe level one, only send a pre if the patient is committed to care and is booking. And then from there, the team builds their confidence and then we can start to slowly back out of pre's. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, hey, let's get rid of AR. No. Shelly on the podcast told us to get rid of it. Let's do it. We're doing it today. And then the team's no. like, what is happening? Oh, no, no, no. That's terrifying for them. So no, what it is. The fact that we have AR is there's a broken system that needs attention. I haven't been in an office that doesn't have a sign somewhere that we accept payment time of service. Oh, yeah? Tell me how many statements are you sending? You have a break here. So we can be gracious and loving and we can offer all kinds of solutions. Really, they can pay an estimate today if they want. They can pay nothing when we'll hold the card on file if they want. Or they can use care credit if they want to make payments. Everything's a yes. What's not a yes is walking in and out with zero put down. So somehow there's a break in that connection. But if they leave an estimate or a card on file or a third-party payment, tell me, why do you have statements? Do you think it's started from like kind of being afraid to ask for payment? Sometimes. Their care is misplaced. They're being afraid to have a conversation instead of being proud of the service we do and let's get this patient healthy. So their pride should be on let's get you well. Let's take care of this. This is how we do it. And if I can help their mindset recognize this will help you. We're going to find a way. We're going to have this much come back from your insurance and we can put this much on a payment plan with care credit. Mm-hmm. How does that sound? What about this day? Let's do it now. Well, less. Let's take care of it now. So you're right. It is the mindset of the team. Gotcha. Okay. Because I know like that's, um, I guess, office managers who always close treatment would immediately kind of like present it and then file it down and say, but don't worry, we already applied the discount. So here's the discount, which you're going to pay in this and this and blah, blah, blah. In my mind, they would say no, right? They'd want to think about it. Okay, think about it. Go talk it over with your husband and then come back and give me a call. 
And then we have like unscheduled treatment forever. Right. And so in my mind, I'm like, where did they, this person went wrong? I feel they went wrong so many ways, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't like to use discount with them. If you're going to do something, you'll save them. But don't discount. We don't do discount work. (laughs) There's so much that if you have a different mindset, what can we eliminate here on this core team? When I come in, teams are burdened. I mean, you almost see stress across their brow. I, I just took a call before this podcast. Stress. They've been off for a week because of the holiday weekend here. (laughs) And they're back and they have stacks of mail and EOBs and checks and the phones are ringing and the stress. So we want them to be patient facing and connected with our patients. We don't want to keep hiring more and more outsourcing and more and more bodies on the payroll, killing our overhead because we are holding tight to the old way we did things, that we're clinging to this. It's relieving. They can be implementing deeper on what matters. The practice building, not busy, not printing, shredding, scanning. There's way too much printing, shredding, scanning happening in the dental office hours (laughs) instead of answering the phone and filling the schedule. Yeah. But it is a reset. It is, um, I call it getting your dental house in order. Almost like Marie Kondo going through, only keeping the precious gems. And I'm referring to systems. To me, getting your dental house in order is getting rid of these broken systems, getting rid of the patches that you've added because it wasn't working. And the result is lighter load, you know, um, definitely the relief. I mean, studies show like the less tasks you have on your plate, the more your mood elevates. Mm -hmm. We need that in our offices. We need to quit adding on to the plate. Let's start replacing, subtracting. Yeah. It allows you to hyper-focus on things too, right? Like now you can hyper-focus on things that matter. Creativity starts coming out. You know what I mean? You start thinking of more things for that one specific thing instead of having to add on. I'm so glad you said that because um, the creativity, this is what I would love to see, is more of that generative type dialogue with teams. So the old way was always do, (laughs) do, tell, tell the team how we do things. What if an owner could have these conversations where you're generating ideas, generating thoughts? How could we do this better? Instead of bringing complaints, let's talk about what could be. And together, the team will come up with an idea much better than one person ever could have suggested. I'm finding more and more when we go work with teams, I'm using my handouts less and less. The team does have the knowledge. And when they're clear on their purpose, what is the purpose of this task, this system? And they start putting their own mind into it. The result is amazing. And I have less resistance. They're not fighting against me of fear. (laughs) Fear or hesitation because they're like, whoa, this could be pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Taking them into account. If we rewind a little bit, how do we stop charging for no-shows? What I've been noticing is offices are waiting too long to do their confirmation. That's one step. So they wait to the day before. 
they have done that to themselves. They box them in a hole where they've limited the time. Okay, mm-hmm. so you got to back up a few days. The other thing I notice that's an error is everyone has all this technology and they've got it turned on full blast. So the patients are getting pinged, you know, a month out, a couple of weeks out, a week, save the date. They're getting this, 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 and this. So the patient's getting overload. They don't know which one is one that they click on versus a reminder. Mm-hmm. The patients are getting bombarded, which what is the result of that? Now they have to pick up the phone and call the patient. Now the con- patient's ticked. I know already. I know I've been getting all the emails, texts. So I look at that whole system with the team. We back up. Okay, what are your settings? Do any of these settings allow the patient to actually respond? And I shut off everything the patient can't respond to. Only turn on what the patient can respond. So you know way back. I turn down the volume on that so we're not irritating. And then I have a three, two, one. So if they haven't responded to the automation, at what point does the team member get in? And at what point does the team member say, we need a response or we may release? I mean, what is the whole point of a confirmation? What is the purpose? An answer. Mm-hmm. Not leaving messages all over the place. That's not a confirmation. You want an answer. So all these myriads of automations haven't worked. So now the team's calling, like the team has time to do a bunch of calls, right? (laughs) These days. And again, the patient's not answering because figured I know already. They don't realize that the team doesn't know. So part of it's a training with the team. You will get a little notice from us if you could be so kind as to click on it. We won't have to call you and all of this will stop, (laughs) all this automation. So part of it is team training, patient training. Part of it is the team elevating if the patient hasn't done a response. What is the elevation? And at what point do you release? I call it a triple R, release and rebook reds. So I have a triple R process that we take baby steps with the team into where we teach them the process of how and when to kindly and graciously implement that so that you can quickly look across your schedule, all those ops, and you see exactly where the openings are. That was the whole purpose of the confirmation. Now you can take action. Now you have an extra day to take action on those spaces. Okay, nice. So the triple, so... It's not like, hey, let's confirm three weeks. Or what would you say would be the max where you just start? How many, how much time? So, so I'm, I'm into minimal, but more impact. So I love the save the dates patient gets, you know, six months. I love, love that. That's great. But from then on, I want actionable response reminders. So the next one, a week out. I'm fine with one week and the automation should allow them to click. So they have a week's notice. So they had to save the date that dropped in their calendar. Then they have a week out and then three days out is the next with a little bit of an escalation in the message with a responsibility. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So there's seven, three 
at day two, okay, they've had a save the date, they've had a week out, they've had three days out, we're going to step this up and leave a message. And verbally just mentioned to them, please, if they could be so kind as to respond to their email or text, and we'd like to hear from you and give them a time frame. If you could call us back by or respond to your email and text, otherwise we may release. So I'm just giving you wiggle room. I'm not saying you dump the patient out. You're going to have to make a judgment call, look at their history with you, look at your level of people requesting to get in the door. I have a whole process I can teach the teams on without getting into the weeds. I have so much I can teach on this, what to do if the patient walks in after you've released them. Another thing, Michael, is I'm not allowing any pre-booking for schedule records. I mean, team members are jumping up and down all the time. Look at who's on the schedule. You know they're not going to show. I asked them to give me a list, they'll give me a list of 12 names like that, people that do that. And I said, then why am I seeing their name in the schedule? Who did that? (laughs) You did that to yourselves. I don't think so. You are pre-booking your schedule records. So I teach different. I teach a hybrid scheduling, completely hybrid. We're not victims here. We built that schedule. So build it right. Decide Who deserves that precious seat in your schedule? I call it um, my select patients or standby, kind of like the airlines, the select. They get to pre-book and they get to pick their seat (laughs) versus my standby. And standbys, don't get me wrong, I love them. I have all kinds of places I can put my standby patients. But it's fun, Michael. It's really fun to get in there and dissect this system and say, what, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. And I, I need to get there sooner and faster to the results. And I'm not seeing results I like when I'm in offices. I want to like, if you're going to do work all day long, let's make it matter. Let's make the results awesome. <laughs> what would you do if like a schedule record, obviously three, four times like oh okay you know what I mean they've they've messed up the schedule they they wrecked the schedule they've no showed they've done all these things they call the fourth time they're like I'm in so much pain I need to come in tomorrow because uh, obviously the past times they didn't come right or or they're they're just headstrong on coming in do we pre-book them then or what do we tell them what do we say so I have a couple steps before that so that we stay best of friends and we're totally gracious. Mm-hmm. So can I tell you what I do with these people before we get to the emergency and mm-hmm. desperate? So, um, you know, the name of the game to me is fun and play. Let's play. Let's be close. Let's be connected. Whether they're schedule records or not, I still love them all. And I still want them all in my practice. I'm just not going to be angry at them and I'm not going to let them ruin my day. So with the people that are more impulsive, I'm never going to teach them how to be a schedule keeper. That's just not in their nature. But I share with them, I say, you know something? I don't know how you can do it with your schedule. It's really tough. How about this? You and I are going to have a special arrangement. Don't tell the other patients, okay? You and I have a special deal. 
when you're in town, can you give me a call and let me know a time that will work? And I'll check my schedule. And if I have a time, can I reach out to you? So they actually feel respected. They actually feel like I'm moving heaven and earth for them. And um, they're so responsive when I reach out. You know, like, hey, we haven't seen each other in a long time. I think it's time for you to come in and have a date with us. Come on in. Um, so I'm, I'm able to use them. They're impulsive, right? They've dropped you a million times. That means they're going to drop whatever else they had on their agenda today when it matters to them. So when it matters to them, they will call and I will do it within the parameters that works for the office. And likewise, I keep, I don't lose these patients in the system. I have it all filed away nicely so that when I'm ready, I can just, boom, just reach out and say, hey, guess what? This came from years working in an office where I don't have time to do hunting. I need everybody at my ready. So, okay, something drops, boom. I've got my standby people ready. Mm -hmm. I have people in the building. I needed speed and I needed quick. And I needed only my schedule keepers to be pre-booked. That's level one. Mm -hmm. And it kind of continues. Gosh, but then it goes even more creative. You can, who you put in the morning versus the afternoon to allow you to have same day dentistry. There's, you can get so creative and that's what you were saying, the fun. Get rid of all this printing, scanning, shredding, doing pre's and let's work on the fun stuff. The stuff that like moves the needle, basically. Yeah. All right. Shelly, what would you say is your area of expertise then? Well, definitely eliminating nonsense. I don't have time for all these extra steps that don't move the needle. So that's one thing. Something near and dear to my heart is systemic team coaching. Mm-hmm. That is near and dear, where the old way that we were taught to build a team is forming, storming, norming, and high performing. That doesn't work today. That day has passed. We don't have time. Team members don't last anymore. Teams are in a constant, perpetual state of forming and storming. So we need to bypass that. And that's what systemic coaching does. Systemic coaching gets you up and running faster. And how that happens is instead of the doctor telling, there's no more telling here. What we're doing is we are collaborating. We're getting clear on who we serve. So gone, gone is vision and mission. That is individualistic. We're working as a community here. Who do we serve? How do we serve them? What does that look like? Now the team has a share. They have meaning. And that's what keeps a team member. If it means something, if they get the connection between what they're here to do and their voice matters, we're more apt to get to that high-functioning team quicker and they're ready to stay. So systemic coaching, that's big for me. I studied the five disciplines where we work on their clarity, their purpose, roles, goals, objectives. We work on their commission. Who do you serve? Define who you serve. 
We co-create the dynamics on that team. We work on connecting to outside the office, to the community, which is right up your alley, Michael. And we learn on the co-learning together. Uh, What have we learned from this? What what are we going to do next time? So that's a little bit about systemic coaching. And really what's different about me is I've done all the old-fashioned consulting with a million systems. I've gotten into simplifying dental office and looking in four areas. And I've thought long and hard, Michael, I challenge you if you can find more areas. But honestly, once the team has its purpose, we look at what they're getting for patients. What's coming in the door? Is it the right patient? Most of the time, it's not necessarily what that doctor is looking for, for a patient. Once you figure out the purpose of the doctor, who they want to serve, usually there's a disconnect. So I look at the get, what they keep for patients. So I'm going to analyze how they are doing at retention, how they care, which will mean the services, their standards, what they offer, unscheduled treatment, the treatment presentation. And then I'm going to look at collect purpose, care, collect, and keep. Mm. And those systems get your dental house in order. Okay. So that's the area of expertise. You kind of systems, systematic uh, approaches, and you want to hyper-escalate the... I like these words. They're great. (laughs) (laughs) I see you brought the thing. Wait a second. I didn't get a single gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) I know. I know. So then... Shelly, what can a dentist do today if you were to just mention something, although we've already mentioned a lot of stuff that we, they can be doing, but one thing right now dentists can do today to improve their marketing or they're just their business in total that will move the needle. If they were to apply something right now that you said, and next week they're like, oh my gosh, it's working. What would that be? I would say evaluate their mindset. Do some thinking on what they've accepted as being normal, just like the little Strider bite. Reevaluate those systems. You think statements are normal. You think what the front desk team is doing right now is normal. I'm asking you, is it really? Do you really need to be doing all of this? Pre's and eligibility and scanning and root slips. Do you really? Can you think of a better way? I like that. Asking about their mindset. Okay, so now these next questions are just to get into the head of someone who isn't totally involved on the clinical side of dentistry, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Meaning like the day-to-day, you're in their mouth. What would you like to see more from a dentist? I'd like to see them engaging the team. If they could engage their team, if the owner could recognize that they could go further faster with the team's say, generate the dialogue, the co-creation together, it will take a load off the owner. It will raise morale tremendously. You're going to get engagement and the team's going to want to stay. To engage the team. That's what we want to mainly be doing. Yeah, I feel like that's a, it's easy to kind of, I guess, oh, of course, when you're listening to it, but think about it. I don't know how often that happens. Yeah. If you think of conversation, it's usually, um, Okay, we're not hitting the mark here. This has got to change. Double down. 
So they double down on the same broken system. You need to quit doubling down on what's broken. And that thing, the reason you're not getting a result doesn't mean you're not doubling down. Maybe it means your system is broken and you need to replace it. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Right now, what do you hate or dislike about dentistry? I dislike the idea that you're a victim. This has to stop. You are not a victim of the insurance. You're not a victim of your team. You're not a hostage. You can hold the reins and direct yourself where you want to be. You're here. Decisions, choices, systems got you to this place. And hey, it's a good thing you realize you don't want to be in this place. Then let's walk you out of this. Let me take your hand and let's get you to what you want. What did you think your practice life was going to be like? What do you want it to be? Because we can create it. Just because you're where you are now doesn't mean we can't get you to the practice you're looking for. So that's what I dislike. We're not a victim. We don't have to stay in the situation. We can create it. It's very possible. Mm. I've seen it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I see a lot of, you know, in the forums, posts, things like that, where they're they feel like, oh, my employee, my team member, insurance. I hate it. I'm, but yeah. they they govern everything. Delta. It's kind of, I guess, yeah. That's I guess I would have to say, yeah, that is like victim mentality, right? It's a little victim mentality. And the other thing is, it's not all or nothing. It's not you drop statements right away. You don't drop Delta right away. You take steps towards it. I like to tell owners. I like to think of insurance like your stock market portfolio, your mix of stocks and bonds. You want a healthy mix. So let's look at your mix. That's something that's very easy that I can pull with their data. What is their mix? How heavy are you into the deltas versus this? But there's steps you can take, like your in-house plans. There's all kinds of ways. There's easily 20 ways that you can change the fabric of your practice. What you're getting from my five big things, what's coming in, what you're keeping for patients, how you care for them, and how you collect. Those are the buckets. You can get, get, keep, care, and collect right. You'll be all set. You'll be set, yeah. Awesome. It's usually a disconnect between that that needs a little tweaking. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And right now, what do you absolutely love about dentistry? Oh my goodness. I love seeing how a simple system can transform a practice and improve lives. To see the stress on an owner ease up and watch as they get their joy and love back, all while team members are developing, patients are thriving, and the practice is growing. What industry can do that? What industry can create beauty and health in a patient, develop the team, owner to feel satisfaction. Not many industries can affect lives on that many levels. That's why I love dentistry. That's nice. I like that a lot. You're right. You're right. Awesome, Shelly. Thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. Um, I got a new website getting popped up pretty soon. So it's Shelly, and there's a lot of E's, Shelly Renee 
com. So S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, Renee, R-E-N-E-E, dot com. Awesome. And that's going to be in the show notes below, along with Shelly's social media, anything like that. You guys can reach out to her, ask her more questions, pick her brain. And Shelly, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. And we'll hear from you soon. You're so welcome. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that episode. I truly appreciate it. And Shelly, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We truly appreciate it. And don't forget, guys, if you want to reach out to Shelly and pick her brain a little bit more, you can do so by going in the show notes below and clicking on her links. Or you can join the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group and you can ask her any questions or your concerns in that free Facebook group. And at the same time, guys, please don't forget to support the podcast. Just scroll all the way to the very bottom and you can check out our sponsors. So if you are on this episode on our website, you just scroll all the way to the very bottom of the show notes and you can check out our sponsors. And if you need any of their services, feel free to use any of those links there and the, use the exclusive deals. Or if you're talking with them on the phone or through email, mention the Dental Marketer podcast and let them know, hey, Michael said I get an exclusive deal. Michael from the Dental Marketer said I get an exclusive deal, so and they will hook it up. So go in the show notes below and check out our sponsors. Use those links. And guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.